0: natural md radio your place to hear the whole truth on health and medicine for women and children and get the tools you need to take back your health naturally starting now i'm dr aviva Ram. dealing with pcos is no small matter Symptoms like acne, hirsutism, which is hair growth in unwanted places like your chin, breast, or lower belly, weight gain, alopecia, which is hair loss where you don't want it, irregular or skip periods, and maybe even eventually fertility problems that are challenging both physically and emotionally. After years of consulting with women struggling with PCOS, I can say that there's really no end to how this condition can impact quality of life, self-esteem, and mental health. If you have PCOS, you've likely been dealing with its symptoms for years, sometimes without realizing what's really going on. Unfortunately, most women tell me that they receive nothing more than a brochure, if that, from their doctor and a prescription for the pill. No further questions asked, no further guidance given. I'm here to tell you that there is a lot more that we can do for PCOS. In my new book, Hormone Intelligence, I share a complete advanced protocol for PCOS filled with diet and lifestyle changes that can help treat the underlying causes of PCOS. In this podcast, I'll share part of that protocol in the form of the top herbs and supplements for PCOS to, under, to address the underlying causes. This is Dr. Aviva Ram, Welcome to Top Herbs and Supplements for PCOS, from inositol to berberine and more. Before we talk about PCOS, I want to just say, I know that some of you, when you're listening, you might feel pressured to write down everything I'm saying. You don't have to do that. I always include a corresponding article for you when there's a lot of information that I'm sharing because I want you to be able to relax and enjoy and continue doing whatever it is that you're doing while you're listening, whether it's going out for a run or doing the dishes or whatever you love to do. So if you want the details on the doses and the different supplements that I'm going to talk about, because this is a supplement-heavy conversation, head over to avivaram.com forward slash 156. That's for the number 156, because this is the 156th episode of Natural MD Radio. Also, if you have yet to purchase a copy of Hormone Intelligence, if you've gotten your copy, thank you so much much, and I hope the book serves you in so many ways. If you haven't gotten a copy, you can get it anywhere books are sold, and if you're not sure where to get it, head over to avivaram.com forward slash book for a variety of different options, as well as a way uh, through July of um, 2021 to access a free ticket to the Hormone Intelligence Chats replay. Um, Also, consider purchasing your books from an independent bookstore. They really need our help. The pandemic was hard-hitting for independent bookstores and so many small shops, as many of you know. And so any independent bookstores you can support are great. If you would like a signed copy of my book, you can go to Caris Bookstore, C-H-A-R-I-S, and uh, they will provide a signed copy through June 2021. You can learn more about Karis Bookstore uh, and the link to it over at avivaram.com forward slash book, or you can get your books from Bookshop. They are a company that purchases the books for you from independent bookstores and then sells your book, uh, sends your book to you. So lots and lots of ways and super important to support independent bookstores whenever you can. All right, so let's talk about why supplements, why we need to go beyond just conventional treatment. If you go to a conventional doctor for PCOS, you'll have very limited options. I say that as a medical doctor, trained at Yale, trained at Tufts in women's health, and basically having never had a class on anything to do with PCOS. And basically just, you know, the the basic thing is if a woman has a hormone imbalance, you give her the pill. The pill is used as the first-line treatment for treating high testosterone levels and menstrual cycle irregularities in PCOS, but most women are actually put on the pill much sooner than they receive an actual diagnosis, so they often don't know they have PCOS until they come off the pill hoping to get pregnant. It's also common for women to be put on metformin for blood sugar regulation or spironolactone for symptom control of hair loss. And with the pill, it's really interesting because even though women are put on the pill for high testosterone levels, some forms of progestin in the pill actually make certain symptoms like hair loss worse because certain forms convert to more testosterone. So it's really important if you do choose to use the pill to make sure that you're getting one that is a very low converter. And I want to be clear. I'm not against these medications when they're needed. They can be extremely effective at putting symptoms at bay, but they also carry their own risks and they're not addressing the underlying causes that are usually driving PCOS, which are still happening even if some of the symptoms have improved. The pill, for example, can actually make insulin resistance worse, putting you at higher risk of long-term health consequences and creating more problems when you actually do come off it. It's also important to note that even though these pharmaceuticals are widely accepted as treatments for PCOS, the evidence that supports their use is actually limited and inconclusive. Our knowledge of PCOS in general as a medical model is still in its infancy, and that includes herbs and supplements that can help, but also pharmaceuticals that are widely used without much questioning or critical thinking. Of course, we hear way more backlash for quote-unquote unproven natural therapies to PCOS, but there should be an equal amount for treating this condition with pharmaceuticals that haven't been thoroughly studied, and some criticism, significant criticism of the fact that the underlying causes are not being adequately addressed because they can have significant long-term consequences. At the end of the day, my goal isn't to shame conventional treatment. In fact, I believe, as I said, there's a place for its use in PCOS when needed And ultimately, I want you to do what helps you live your life most optimally, just to live your best life and never feel pressured to go all natural when it's just not cutting it for you. But I do want to introduce alternative strategies, including herbs and supplements for PCOS, that can offer you a broader range of of options. What I've seen from treating this condition is that a large number of women with PCOS could be controlling their symptoms and even reversing the condition without the commonly recommended drugs and without their risks and side effects. So let's talk about the 10 herbs and supplements that I go to first in my practice. These are herbs and supplements that not only help to treat the root causes, as you'll hear, but to help reduce areas of body burden that may be leading to the cosmetic symptoms associated with PCOS that can be so distressing, the hair loss, the acne, and the unwanted hair. The ones that I'm about to share with you have also been shown to reduce insulin resistance, reduce testosterone levels, which cause many common PCOS symptoms, improve ovulation, and decrease hirsutism. They're most effective when used in combination with making the dietary and lifestyle changes, which you can learn more about in detail in a full protocol in my book, Hormone Intelligence. Inositol is my absolute go-to, and I consider it a must for most women with PCOS and a safe bet for all women to try if you're not sure if your PCOS is associated with insulin resistance. It's actually one of the most well-studied supplements for this condition with some of the best studied data behind it. D. chiroinositol, which is one form, has been shown to reduce insulin resistance, testosterone, and anti Mullerian hormone levels, AMH levels, and improve ovulation myo another form, when combined with folate, has been shown to improve fertility, egg quality, and pregnancy rates in women with PCOS, but that also means for all of us it is improving ovulation. It can also be helpful p- for preventing gestational diabetes in women who have PCOS and become pregnant. A study in gynecology um, gynecology and endocrinology showed the prevalence of gestational diabetes among pregnant women with PCOS who took myoinositol was 17.4% versus 54% in the control group. I recommend using a combination of both myo and d inositol. When compared to myoinositol alone, a combination of the two improved insulin levels, lowered insulin resistance, and improved cholesterol and inflammatory markers, most effectively in women with PCOS. It's also interestingly helpful for anxiety, which is also common with PCOS. How to use it? I recommend using a combination product containing myo-inositol and D chiro inositol up to 4 grams per day for maximum benefit. A couple of the products I use because I really want to make your life easier are Ovocytol and Sensitol. I have absolutely zero financial relationship uh, to either of those products, but just I know it can be really overwhelming to sort through these supplements. Over on my website, also at avivaram.com, if you head to my homepage and scroll down to the bottom of the page, you'll find a link out to the formulary that I use for my medical practice and friends and family, and you can learn more about Dharma Moms, which is a nonprofit arm of my company, which um, uses your supplement spending money, the profits that come back to me, to support the reduction of maternal mortality, particularly um, in black and brown women, That is happening in our country and around the world. Um, So when you get supplements there, you're actually making a difference in so many ways. But you don't have to have an. You don't have to purchase a single supplement over there to see what I use. You can just set up an account, go in there, and see some of the companies I use. Because what. Products I use is a a question I get all the time. I don't sell supplement products directly, though. It's just something I don't do because I want you to know that the information you're getting is not tied to some supplement line that I have. Okay, so d Cairo and myo-inositol, my main go-tos. Next, along with that, and I pretty much always use in combination with the inositol, is vitamin D. Vitamin D is intimately linked to blood sugar control and to PCOS. One study found that 72% of um, diabetics are also vitamin D deficient, and others have shown that vitamin D deficiency is clearly tied to PCOS and also to symptom severity. Supplementing with vitamin D can help improve ovarian reserves anti-mullerian hormone levels, ovarian follicle health, and fertility. So again, whether or not you're trying to get pregnant, this is important for healthy ovulation. And this is true even if you're not vitamin D deficient. But most people are low in vitamin D, especially if you live in a colder climate where you don't get enough sun on your skin in the winter. But even patients who come to me who do, I have patients who live in Florida, the Caribbean, California, um are often still quite low in vitamin D. So I recommend all women actually supplementing 2,000 units of vitamin D a day. But if you're not sure and you wanna get more targeted with your vitamin D supplementation for polycystic ovary syndrome, then I do recommend getting your vitamin D levels tested and then you can supplement as high as up to 10,000 units a day for a short period of time to get your levels up to healthy and then for most of us, it's just staying at 2,000, sometimes 4,000 units a day, um, but 2,000 indefinitely for most women. You know, even with the pandemic, it was found that um, people who had low vitamin D levels were more susceptible to infection. So there's a lot of reasons to just supplement 2,000 a day, and you don't even have to take it every single day, you know, even if you take it three, four, five times a week, um, It can be really beneficial for all of us as women, but if you have polycystic ovary syndrome, absolutely take it every day. Another supplement I use in my practice quite a lot is NAC, N-acetylcysteine, which is a naturally occurring chemical in our bodies that increases our natural production of something called glutathione, which is one of the most important detoxifiers naturally produced in our body. Studies have shown that supplementation can be effective for PCOS. It's been shown to improve insulin resistance, so reduce it, and reduce testosterone levels, as well as reduce hirsutism, that unwanted facial and other hair in women with PCOS, while also improving menstrual regularity. In one study, it was found to be comparable to metformin in lowering insulin and androgens and improving menstrual cycle regularity. So if all things are equal why not try NAC over metformin at least for a few months as a first step to see if that doesn't do it for you. How do you use NAC? A typical dose is 600 milligrams three times a day. I recommend taking it for a minimum of 24 weeks, which is close to six months. If you experience symptom improvement, then it's a very safe supplement, as are the others that I've mentioned, to take on an ongoing basis as needed. So the first three supplements often become part of a daily ongoing lifestyle approach for women with PCOS. Because you also want to, you know, if you have PCOS, it's suggesting that you have a higher level predisposition, particularly if you have it with insulin resistance to developing diabetes later. So you're having, well, I know this is no condition that anyone would ask for. It is a tremendous opportunity to get ahead on and prevent those risk factors showing up for you later in life. You can actually completely mitigate your likelihood of developing diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and dementia is associated with those conditions. So I think... Um, You know, this is a really big opportunity to understand your health risks and totally turn them around. Another supplement that I use in my practice is called berberine. This is an extract from golden seal and related herbs, and it's commonly used to improve blood sugar balance and cholesterol. It's also one I use in my toolkit for PCOS because of its effectiveness for insulin resistance and hormone balance. In a first of its kind study, 102 women with PCOS taking 400 milligrams three times a day were evaluated over a four month time frame. Results included significant improvements in menstrual cycle regularity, ovulation, and insulin resistance. So again, this is a longer term use, so we're talking four months, six months, maybe even a year. Berberine isn't one necessarily that I'd keep someone on indefinitely, but if you do have trouble controlling your blood sugar and you're using it as an alternative, for example, to metformin, then um, daily use would be appropriate. In that case, you know, if you're using it long-term, work with a a primary care practitioner. Uh, It can be an MD, nurse practitioner, nurse midwife, Um, naturopath, but someone who's skilled in the use of botanicals um, who can help provide guidance on how long to stay on these different um, protocols. How to use berberine? You take 400 milligrams three times a day for PCOS. It's also important to know that berberine may... Alter the liver clearance of certain medications. So this is one that you do want to talk to your doctor about if you're taking certain antidepressants, blood thinners, or beta blockers. The next is omega-3 fatty acids. And there are about a dozen reasons why omega-3 fatty acids can be helpful in PCOS, starting with their anti-inflammatory and insulin-regulating properties and ending with their ability to lower leptin levels and aid weight loss and cravings and binge eating, which is now a known symptom of PCOS. Studies have shown that omega-3 fatty acids taken for two to six months can reduce testosterone levels and unwanted hair growth and improve insulin sensitivity, menstrual regularity, and weight loss. And another study found that six months of taking two grams a day of a combined EPA, DHA, fish oil product actually helped hair regrowth with hair loss with PCOS. So how do you use it? You want to supplement at least 850 milligrams um, of EPA and 200 of DHA one to two times a day. I like just a rounded out two gram supplement. Um, I use Nordic Naturals in my practice. There are other great products, but they make a concentrated one that it makes it a one capsule a day, one pill a day, which makes it a lot easier They also have liquids. Again, I talk about, uh, I share links over at my formulary. Um, That's just a company that I trust because they also do heavy metal testings and we want to be really careful because so many of the fatty fish um, that we get, so many of the fish that come from our oceans, sadly, do have mercury contamination. So the omega-3 fatty acids, the inositol, the vitamin D, and N-acetylcysteine form part of a core daily protocol the berberine becomes an add-on for the cholesterol and blood sugar balance. Spearmint is another one that's an add-on. Two promising studies have confirmed that drinking two cups of spearmint tea a day, that's not too hard for most of us, right? Um, Daily, even for just 30 days, has anti-androgenic properties and may be useful for lowering testosterone levels and thus reducing that unwanted hair With PCOS. While these studies are small and preliminary, I do recommend giving it a try because it's safe and spearmint tea is delicious. So, how do you use it? You steep two teaspoons of organic dried spearmint leaf in one cup of boiling water in a covered vessel. So, you either want to cover your teapot or cover your cup if you're steeping it in a mug for 10 minutes. Strain and enjoy it plain or with lemon. And you can use any number of, of ways to to steep it. I use a teapot with a built-in strainer. You can use a French press or just steep it in a cup with a, a tea ball. Uh, I don't find the tea balls, though, extract as much um, because the water doesn't infuse the herbs as well. So an open tea strainer is a better option. You can even try it as sun tea. And if you head over to avivaram.com forward slash one you'll find if you head down to Spearmint in the written version of this podcast, uh, you'll find a link over to my Sum Tea and just swap out the Spearmint for peppermint. Zinc is another one of my go-tos um, as part of a daily protocol. Zinc is often thought of as an immune system supplement, but it can also reduce the negative effects of high testosterone. In fact, one study even showed that supplementing with 50 milligrams a day of zinc decreased hirsutism in women with PCOS. The same study showed that zinc supplementation can reduce hair loss, thinning hair, and elevated inflammation levels that pre- present with PCOS, and it can be a real helpful supplement for those of you who are struggling with PCOS acne. PCOS plays a role in blood sugar balance and also mental health. In fact, there are some robust studies looking at the benefits of zinc for acne and, uh, for, I'm sorry, for anxiety and depression. So it's not just your supplement for a common cold anymore. Its usefulness in PCOS should definitely not be underestimated. And you simply take it by taking 15 to 45 milligrams a day with meals to prevent nausea because. Zinc taken on an empty stomach can definitely cause nausea. The 45 milligrams is sort of an upper limit for daily use. So look at what's in your multivitamin, which I highly encourage all women to take, but certainly if you have PCOS to get all those additional trace minerals and vitamins, that can be really helpful. So if there's already zinc in it, top off at a total of 45 milligrams a day. You may not need to add more if it's already got that much in it. Next up is melatonin. In recent years, we've learned that there are many interesting links between our sleep hormone melatonin and our ovarian function. For example, it's been shown that a reduction in melatonin levels of follicular fluid around the follicle in the ovary exists in PCOS patients. And that melatonin receptors in the ovary are involved in adjusting sex hormone secretion at different phases of ovarian follicular maturation. So the egg development is dependent on melatonin. We're still learning a lot about these links, but studies have shown that in women with PCOS, two milligrams of melatonin daily for six months decreased testosterone levels and reduced menstrual irregularities. How do you use it? For ovarian support, take one to three milligrams a day and allow two hours after eating before taking it. Don't exceed three milligrams a day when you're trying to conceive because higher doses may suppress fertility. But at this this level, That I'm talking about is actually very fertility supportive. I don't usually go right to melatonin because I don't want people to have to take 20 supplements a day. But, um, you know, if you're having trouble with sleep, consider it as an add-on. If you're going in for specifically for fertility treatment, egg harvest, if you've been struggling with your fertility, it's a wonderful one to, again, like the berberine, use as an add-on. A couple more. One is licorice root. Licorice root can be consumed daily as a tea and may be effective for PCOS. You can make a tea with the licorice root and the spearmint, but you have to steep licorice root um, a lot longer or, or um, boil it. Um, but it could be effective for PCOS, including for reducing testosterone levels. One small study found that daily licorice intake improved serum testosterone levels in just two cycles, and then when licorice was discontinued, testosterone levels went right back to their previous level. So it really does have a helpful effect. But that also suggests that you have to take it long term. Some love the taste of licorice. I am not one of those people. If you love it, and you want to um, enjoy it as part of your PCOS protocol, that's great. Um, Simply brew yourself a cup of licorice tea every day or take licorice in capsules. Um, You want to take it between meals or before bed. If you have um, reflux, it can be really helpful. Otherwise, you can take it anytime. But You have to discuss it with your doctor if you have high blood pressure or if you have a strong family history of high blood pressure because you don't want it to trip you into high blood pressure. My favorite way to use um, licorice for women with PCOS is a traditional Chinese formula called licorice and peony formula or peony and licorice formula. You might see it one way or the other. And you can find that over at the formulary at Fullscript that I mentioned that you can link over to from my website. Last but not least, well, I shouldn't say that. I mean, it's not not least. It's not my biggest go-to. The ones that I shared earlier that are my biggest go-to are really my core protocol. The inositol, the vitamin D, the N-acetylcysteine, and the omega-3 fatty acids, plus or minus zinc. So I might use those core five and then use the others as add-ons. Sal palmetto is an herb that's historically been used for urinary and reproductive health, and more typically in men. It's commonly used in extract form that's um, composed, and it's composed of um, fatty acids that, are, that make up the medicinal part of the plant. It's been shown to be anti-androgenic, meaning that it may be helpful in reducing testosterone levels that lead to hirsutism and acne. Unfortunately, there's not much evidence specifically behind its use with PCOS, but it's considered very safe. So in many cases, it's worth a try. How do you use it? Consider a product that has 160 to 450 milligrams of saw palmetto extract containing a 45 to 95 fatty acid ratio. There are standard products on the market that you can find, so most of them will be standardized to that. So how do you use herbs and supplements for PCOS as part of your protocol? As you approach PCOS naturally, remember that it's likely something you've had for years. So it's unlikely to go away in a week. It's something that you want to give your body time to start healing from and reversing. So I recommend sticking with your supplement plan for a minimum of three months. But as you heard me share, some supplements don't even really kick in for three to six months. So ideally, six to 12 months before the jury is in on whether it's working for you. You may begin to see some symptom improvement in a shorter amount of time, but really give yourself three to six months to assess your progress. Over in my book, Hormone Intelligence, you can actually find PCOS symptom checklists and also other hormone checklists that can help you actually measure your progress and then Um, When you have the book, there's a link out to my website where you can actually download those checklists so you can keep using them. Because sometimes we don't notice that our symptoms have gotten better until we actually objectively give ourselves kind of like a numerical scoring system, and that's what you'll be able to do. Some symptoms like hair loss and fertility challenges may take closer to 12 months. So really give yourself some time with this. If you don't see any changes at all in six months, it's important to work in conjunction with a medical care provider skilled in working with women with PCOS. And ditto that if you're planning to combine the supplements or herbs with any pharmaceuticals. That's something that you want to do with the guidance of someone who knows how to do that. All the dietary and other protocols you can absolutely straight up do, even if you're on medications. But with these, you want to just work with someone who's who's skilled and knowledgeable about that. Remember, this doesn't have to be an all-or-nothing approach, though. The vitamin D, the um, zinc, the N-acetylcysteine, the inositol, you can combine all of those with pharmaceuticals. You just want to be careful with the inositol and the metformin because they're both lowering blood sugar. So it might be time to hit pause on the metformin. But again, you may need that metformin if your blood sugar is really high, if you're in that pre-diabetes range. So it's where having my book for that additional guidance, that deeper guidance that I give for PCOS, and also talking with your care provider, finding a wonderful care provider who knows how to practice integrative medicine, which is not all one way or the other way, but brings in the best of both worlds. I hope you find this helpful. Again, if you want the deets written down for you, head over to avivaram.com forward slash 156. Once you're over there, you'll be able to navigate around my website. Go to avivaram.com forward slash book if you want to get a copy of Hormone Intelligence. You've got lots here to start with. If you want to start with that first, there's no pressure. But the more People that purchase that book, the more that book becomes a movement that really starts to change how healthcare is practiced because we don't want our daughters and sisters and friends and cousins and neighbors and our clients or patients if you're in healthcare to ever get just the pill and a brochure for PCOS anymore. So join me in creating a revolution where we reclaim our power and we be the force of nature that we really are. Thank you so much for joining me and I hope this has been really helpful. I'll see you next week on Natural MD Radio. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Natural MD Radio. If you did, please go to avivarom.com and join the conversation about the show on my blog. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for my newsletter. It's free and it's jam-packed with powerful tips to help you take back your health naturally. That's avivaram.com. Take care and see you next time.